Welcome to the Are You Menstrual podcast, where we dive deep into all things women's health to support you on your healing journey. I'm Amanda Montalvo, functional and integrative dietitian, also known as the Hormone Healing RD. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to keep learning, check out the podcast Patreon, where I share a bonus episode with additional downloadable resources each week. You can go to patreon.com forward slash hormone healing RD or check out the link in the show notes. We're going to dig into detoxification. This is something I get questions about on a regular basis. How can I support? Usually it's liver detox. And while the internet would have you believe that you need a supplement or a cleanse to support your body's detox pathways, our bodies actually detoxify daily on their own. And we can absolutely have difficulty with this. Like if we have issues with certain organs, that can negatively impact our ability to detox, but you might be surprised on what's actually going to help move the needle and help you detox better. It's typically not a supplement. It's often some sort of nutrition or lifestyle change that you can work on. If you want to learn more about specific foods, supplements that can support detoxification once you have the foundations in place, and what I mean by foundations is just everything that I'm going to cover in this episode, then you could take it to the next level and learn about those inside my Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash hormone healing RD that will get you access to this week's bonus episode where I go through different options for detox support depending on what you have going on. Because that's the other thing is, you know, not everyone needs the same foods or supplements specifically to support detoxification. Sometimes we can benefit from others, from certain ones more than others. So I'm going to go through that in the bonus episode. Love to have you inside Patreon. Please remember that this podcast is not medical advice. It's just me giving general recommendations, sharing about my clinical experience with clients. Um, so make sure you talk with your specific healthcare provider before you make any new changes to your nutrition, lifestyle, or supplements. So really quick, what I'm going to cover before I dive in, I'm going to start with going through how our bodies detox on their own, and then I'm going to go through possible signs of poor detoxification because just like most symptoms, they these while these can be signs of poor detox, they can also be signs of other things. And then I'm going to go through what hinders detoxification, which is going to take us right into the end where I talk about how to support your liver and detoxification in general. I think once I go through what can hinder detoxification, you start to get the picture of, okay, so if I work on these things, then it should help support my detox pathways naturally. So it's going to be a good one. Um, let's start with how our bodies actually detox. We're primarily detoxing through our liver, kidneys, lungs, skin, and our GI tract. The liver is the main organ for detoxification. It breaks down and metabolizes toxins. Basically, it's, it's converting them into less harmful substances that can easily be excreted from the body. And it does this through two primary phases, phase one and phase two. Phase one liver detoxification, it involves enzymes that take toxins, they convert fat-soluble toxins into intermediate products. Um, basically, they're just making them less reactive. And a lot of this is all about oxidation uh, to get this whole detox process started. Typically, phase one is going to be activated by external toxins, like things in our environment, our food, beauty products, alcohol, things like that. So having an excess of toxins from those things can actually kickstart our liver's phase one detoxification and get this whole process started. Um, it can also be activated in a positive way from certain herbs, citrus, vitamin C rich foods, cruciferous veggies, B vitamins, even certain amino acids and minerals like magnesium and iron. Those can all kickstart phase one 
uh, liver detoxification. And phase one's really our first line of defense against toxins. But the substances that we detoxify in phase one, they do have to go to phase two in order for us to actually be able to excrete them. So phase two is really involving conjugation. So these intermediate products that phase one takes these fat soluble products, turns them into intermediate products. These are combined with other molecules that make them water soluble, which just means they're going to easily be able to leave the body. Um, and that's the main goal of phase two. So it's really complex. I'm not going to go into all of it. We do use six different pathways to take water-soluble phase one metabolites out and put them through our sweat, bile, urine, and stool um, to get rid of them. And that's really phase three, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But phase two is really neutralizing any free radicals or really reactive toxins from phase one. And what we need for phase two, we need sulfur, we need amino acids, we need vitamin B12, and we need glutathione. The kidneys also play a huge role in detoxification by filtering waste products for us. They also filter excess substances and toxins from the blood. And then these waste products are then eliminated through the urine. So kidneys are also very important along with the liver. Our respiratory system helps eliminate gaseous waste products like carbon dioxide during respiration, so when we're breathing. So we also eliminate toxins while we're breathing. And then finally, our skin. We can eliminate certain toxins and waste through sweat, um, though it's it's a lot less than if we compare that to what we eliminate through our liver and kidneys, but it's, it's still something. And then phase three of this whole detoxification process is really where our GI tract comes in. So once we have these toxins packaged up, they've gone through phase one and two, they're now water soluble, we can get rid of them easily, we have to eliminate them. And we're primarily doing that through our bowel movement. So again, we do it through breathing, do it through urine, and we do it through sweating. But a lot of this is happening through bowel movements. So if we are not eliminating properly or having a bowel movement at least one every day, then we can recycle these toxins and it can increase the body's overall toxic load. So that's the main the main ways that we are detoxifying that's our body's natural processes i am going to talk about circadian rhythm has a big effect on this too and like sleep and stuff so we'll get into all that but that's like the main gist of how our bodies naturally detoxify okay so let's go through some possible signs of poor detoxification if we have poor detoxification, this is basically referring to the body's inability to efficiently eliminate toxins and waste products. I'm going to go through a bunch of different signs and symptoms that can be signs, possible signs, that the body's detox processes are not working well. They're compromised, right? It is very important to note that these symptoms can have various underlying causes. So they may not necessarily be detox related. A lot of these symptoms also link up with like thyroid issues, certain hormone imbalances, metabolic issues, but they are also like really common signs of poor detoxification. So if you feel like, you know, these are all popping up for you and now you're worried about detox, make sure you talk with your healthcare provider to figure out like what's accurate for you. Because it's all going to depend on your health history. So some signs are possible signs of poor detoxification. Fatigue, right? Constantly feeling tired, lacking energy, especially after you get enough rest and sleep. Um, this is a big one. This can also be very tied to many other things, especially like chronic stress and burnout. But fatigue is a very common one when your detox pathways are not working as optimally or you have a really big toxic burden. 
digestive issues like frequent bloating, gas, constipation, diarrhea. They can be signs that the body's having trouble processing and eliminating waste products. Constipation in general is just a huge red flag because that's going to lead to the body recycling toxins. And so it's going to increase your burden already. So even if it's not necessarily, you know, maybe it's like a stomach acid issue and that's why you're constipated we still have to understand that that's going to affect your body's detox and you're just toxic burden in general. So digestive issues are a big red flag, skin problems. This is probably what, when I think of like poor detoxification or someone that has a completely overburdened liver, I think of skin issues and not just acne, but like eczema, rashes that can all be related to toxins not being eliminated effectively or they could have some sort of imbalance in their digestive system, like their gut, and a very overburdened liver, and it just can't keep up with the demand. So it's showing up on their skin. That's very common. Bad breath and body odor. So having foul-smelling breath and body odor, that's a sign of just excessive toxic toxin buildup in the body. Headaches. Um, again, these could definitely be related to hormones, um, but I would say like frequent or chronic headaches, they can definitely be related to the accumulation of toxins in the body. Of course, as well as like excess estrogen, not having enough progesterone, um, which also puts a larger burden on the liver, right? And if we add constipation to this picture, then that person's not eliminating, you know, we, we eliminate estrogen through our stool along with toxins. So they're not eliminating, they're recycling, and then they're raising the estrogen levels more. So this is why like even hormonal headaches, it's not just our hormones that we have to address if we want to figure out and get to the root and fix that. We have to look at like, how's our liver functioning? How's our digestive system? Where's inflammation coming from? And all those things too. Brain fog is another one. So having difficulty concentrating, mental fatigue, memory problems, those can all be linked to poor detox. Joint and muscle pain too. I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of these, but the toxins can contribute to inflammation and pain in the joints and muscles. Weight gain or difficulty losing weight. Um, impaired detoxification processes can hinder the process of like metabolizing and eliminating fat effectively. We also store a lot of toxins in our fat uh, tissue. So if we have a higher toxic burden, maybe our liver is not functioning as optimally, maybe you have a health history that is challenging our liver and making its job harder, or it's many, many jobs harder, um, but detoxification included, then it can be difficult to lose weight because your body may not necessarily be ready. Uh, when you do lose weight, you will get an exposure to a lot of those toxins inside the fat tissue. That's why some people get negative symptoms and stuff with weight loss. Um, but it could also be that your body like can't necessarily handle that right now. So that weight gain or difficulty losing weight, obviously that could be very related to many other things, but that can also be a sign of poor detoxification. Uh, allergies and sensitivities, having like an increase in allergies or sensitivities to different substances or things that you maybe don't normally react to, that could also indicate detox pathways are overloaded. I also tend to see this with gut issues and having overloaded histamine that is not being broken down properly. A lot of this does go back to the imbalances in the gut, also digestion, and then all of that putting a huge burden on your liver. Um, and then that will impact things like estrogen and having excess estrogen can exacerbate histamines and it becomes this like vicious cycle. 
increased susceptibility to infections. So if our detox system as a whole just isn't functioning optimally, our immune system can become weaker and it can make us more prone to infections. So our liver is really important for our digestive abilities. Um, it's It got a huge part in that if you listen to the How to Have Healthy Digestion episode, then you'll know how important the liver is for digestion and making bile um, and having bowel movements and all those things. So we definitely need an optimally functioning liver. And if not, then that can impact our immune system. And then finally, hormone imbalances. Again, these could be related. This is like, there's so many other things that are going to impact this. But if we don't have good detoxification, whether it's phase one, two, or three, where we're actually eliminating, that can lead to excess estrogen. And that, that, you know, we have to process that through our liver and eliminate it in our bile and our bowel movements. Um, so bile is very important for eliminating estrogen. Then we can recycle that and it can make our levels even higher. Um, so liver detoxification is very important for hormone imbalances, especially excess estrogen, estrogen dominance. So that's something that we definitely want to think about. Again, this all, all these episodes from this season absolutely build off each other. So while if you're just listening to this detox episode, I hope you go back and listen to episodes one through four, where I talk about like, you know, I talk about nutrition for optimal hormones in episode one, talk about stress in episode two, and then we get into like supplements, how to have healthy digestion, all those things really critical for optimal detoxification in the body. So what can make detox harder? Um, there's a lot of things that can challenge our detoxification pathways. It's primarily going to be a combination of our nutrition, our environment, and our lifestyle habits, plus our health history. So that's kind of how I've categorized this section. So we'll go through nutrition first. Um, under eating is really not great for detox. Detox requires energy. And I think this is something that people just don't think about. Um, I, I think of so many detox programs that are out there that to me make no sense because when you learn what the liver actually needs to function optimally, slashing your calories, reducing protein intake, and putting your body in this fight or flight because you're not eating enough is the exact opposite of everything that we want to do for liver detoxification and our health in general, especially as women. So um, eating enough is really important. I talk about this and how to know if you're eating enough and signs and everything in episode one from this season, uh, how to opt, how to, how to eat for healthy hormones. Um, I forget the exact title. <laughs> we'll link it in the show notes though. Um, but basically how to eat for hormone health, uh, really important, right? Eating enough. And I think that's something where it's kind of like, how do I know if I'm eating enough? Um, so I go through how you can figure this out in that episode it's pretty simple. And honestly, it takes some experimentation and you paying attention to your body and what it's telling you um, and different signs and stuff. And again, like check out that episode. We go through it all. But also, you know, making sure you're eating enough protein is very important for detoxification. This is why I remember I was like a baby, baby dietitian. And I was working with this other dietitian and she had a more like functional perspective and I hadn't been trained in that yet. Um, so I was like very new. I was fresh, just graduated, just got my RD license. And I was kind of mesmerized by this whole like functional nutrition space. Um, but now that I look at it, I'm like, it really wasn't functional nutrition. It was just like a lot of diets and supplements, but I didn't know any better at the time. And there was this like specific cleanse that we would have uh, some of our clients do. And I remember 
like we always did it differently because we were very much about like focusing on whole foods. But then she started to incorporate it for some people where it's like, you know, the company that has the supplements, they recommend that you reduce your protein intake and remove all protein for, I think it was like the first two weeks. And I was like, I cannot ethically recommend that to people because that's not what fuels your liver. Like, how is anyone going to detox and have healthy blood sugar if they're not eating protein? Like, we need amino acids for all, basically everything in the body, but especially for our liver function. So I was like, I'm not doing that, but you can if you want. And uh, it was kind of like where everything ended for that uh, business relationship, but that's okay. Um, and it's just... It, Protein's huge. It's very important. And I understand the amount that someone's going to eat is going to be unique to them. But I feel very strongly that we need to eat animal proteins in order to have optimal health, especially for women. It's There's an abundance of research to show us that there's endless benefits. And it's not even just amino acids and protein. It's also like certain vitamins and minerals that we just can't get in the bioavailable form from plant foods, um, especially not in like a realistic amount that you'd be eating. So animal amino acids from animal protein is crucial for the liver. And I think a lot of women struggle with eating enough protein. Um, and it's just, sometimes I think it's a digestive issue. You know, maybe we're not making enough stomach acid. Maybe we're have a passive like restricted eating. Um, so we're just not eating enough in general. And that includes like lacking adequate protein, but getting animal protein in all your main meals and at least in some of your snacks can, is a really easy way to like hit that 100 grams of protein a day, which is what I recommend for a minimum for most people, like an absolute minimum, not like an optimal minimum. Um, nutrient deficiencies can also make it really difficult to detoxify properly like vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin A, B vitamins, magnesium. Our liver needs all of those in order to function properly. And it's it's really easy to be deficient, especially in magnesium. Um, it's, it's hard to get enough from food. And, you know, with supplements, it kind of depends. Like if you have really low sodium, you often can't take a lot of magnesium because it's going to cause further low sodium. Um, so it's a bit of a balance there. Uh, and, you know, vitamin A, like, I think it's at least a third of women are deficient in vitamin A uh, when they go into pregnancy. That's really significant. And I know that a lot of people in, you know, I'm in the United States, think that like, we don't have those types of deficiencies here, but we do, we absolutely do. And I think a lot of it has to do with like, you know, restricted eating, dieting. A lot of people are told like not to eat dairy and stuff. Um, there's dairy is a great source of vitamin A, not to eat egg yolks, another great source of vitamin A. A lot of people aren't having things like organ meats regularly, another great source of vitamin A. So it's pretty easy to, to be deficient in that. So nutrients are nutrient deficiencies can be another thing that really hinders it from a nutrition perspective. And the last big one is fasting. So like prolonged and extreme fasting can absolutely impair liver function and detoxification. It, and like a short, like shorter term, less extreme fasting, like if someone's like fasting for like 12 hours overnight. Um, I got a question about this. I think it was inside my Patreon um, or it could have been on an Instagram post, but someone was asking if I thought that like a 12 hour fast would be stressful. 
Uh, and I, I mean, it obviously it depends on the person, right? But I'm like, I don't really look at that as extreme fasting. I just look at that like if you stop eating at seven o'clock, like say you have dinner and you stop eating and then you don't have breakfast the next day until 7 a.m. I think that's pretty normal. You know, most people are going to go at least 10 hours without eating anything. And I would not call that extreme. I don't think that's going to impair liver function or detoxification, but these more like, you know, 24 hour fast um, or like fasting for like, 20 hours a day and only eating during four hour time period, those are going to be a bit more stressful on the body. And that's when we can have issues with detoxification. Our monthly cycle is like a report card. Understanding how to track your cycle and know what is and is not normal as far as symptoms go can help you identify possible hormone imbalances and whether or not a nutrition or lifestyle change you made is working for you. This is huge. So many of us are looking to experts and outside ourselves to figure out what's going on with our bodies, but tracking your cycle and understanding it can help you do that on your own. And this is why I created my free healthy period starter guide. It walks you through the different phases of your cycle goes through how to track, teaches you what's at the root cause of hormone imbalances, and even has a section on nutrition tips for healthy hormones. I think every woman should have this knowledge easily accessible to them. So if you want to grab the guide, you can get it via the link in the show notes or on my website, hormonehealingrd.com. So that's from a nutrition perspective. From an environmental perspective, like what we surround ourselves with, the personal care products that we use, cleaning products, our water, all those things, they can add up over time, the toxins in our environment, and that can put an increased burden on the liver. Now, we're never going to eliminate all toxins. We're just not. But knowing what is filling your bucket, so if you think of toxic load as like little drops of water from all the different toxins you're exposed to filling up your toxin bucket, uh, if we can minimize certain areas and certain products, that's going to help decrease how much water's in that bucket and it's going to keep it from overflowing. So that's something where I think people feel like you have to be absolutely perfect. Um, otherwise, it's not worth it when it comes to switching to cleaner products. I couldn't agree less. I think that even if you make one change, then you're going to see you're going to, that's going to lower your burden. And then if, so like, if you change one product, like if, like I think about like deodorant, you know, that's, that's a first one for a lot of people, not using your other deodorant that has like fragrance and more toxic ingredients in it, that's going to lower the burden on your body. Right. And then maybe the next thing you switch to, maybe you're like, you know, I wear uh, foundation most days, like as like some sort of makeup, then I would say that'd be a next great one. You know, you know, what are you using the most and how can you slowly transition those to less toxic products? Again, I wouldn't I wouldn't say non-toxic. I would say less toxic because it's it's hard to find things that are have absolutely no toxins. And also if we look at the definition of a toxin it's like everything's a chemical, you know, even like in nature and stuff. So I think it just gets very convoluted and we, we just, we want to be, we want to use the information that's going to help us and apply it to our lives, but not like add to our stress. Cause at that point, like I've had so many clients that, um, they just get overwhelmed and, and they're making their stress and their health worse because they're trying to live this like completely non-toxic life. And I'm like, that's not helping anything. So let's try to be more realistic. Um, and support yourself versus like obsessing over it and trying to be absolutely perfect and actually hindering your healing journey. Um, so figuring out little things like that, like for deodorants, I know people will ask, I love Primally Pure. I've used them for, 
I don't even know how many years now. Um, probably like since I lived in Texas. So I would say at least like five years, um, which is like a really long time to use a product. And I've tried other deodorants like in the meantime, but they just don't work as well for me personally. Um, and the Primely Pure one lasts so long. So I love that one. I don't have a code anymore. I really got to update all my affiliate stuff, but I just like, I'm so bad at that. Um, I don't have a coupon code or anything, but they're worth it. They have a subscription that makes it a little bit cheaper too. And then uh, makeup wise, I'm, I obviously don't wear a lot of makeup. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm just not like a makeup person. When people, when people are like so good at their makeup and stuff, I'm just like, that's amazing. That's like great for you. I'm just like not into that kind of stuff. I just, and especially after having a daughter, I'm just like, I don't like stuff on my face like around her. So um, definitely I would say like, I'm pretty basic with that. But for foundation, I am picky because I, you know, like my skin is definitely more sensitive. So the beauty counter tint skin foundation, not a beauty counter consultant. Um, I don't love all that kind of stuff. So, but I will say like, I, it's one of the best foundations I've ever used. <laughs> so, um, I, I do like that one a lot and it, it doesn't make me break out. It doesn't make my skin dry or oily. It's just like works really well for me. I recently tried the Araza foundation. It's like, it, it's coconut based, which really freaked me out because um, my skin usually doesn't do great with coconut, but it's awesome and it works really well. I just make sure like for, they get, they're really big jars, but you can get little tiny sample ones to, so that you can get it the perfect color for your skin. I had to get like three different little sample ones um, to get the right color, but the sample size is like, you can use that like three or four times. So I was like, actually, I don't even need to buy more yet because I, I still have the sample one. Um, and then the big jar lasts forever. So I would say it's totally worth it. You just want to make sure you do the samples so you can get the right skin tone. Um, or maybe people are better at finding that than I am. Um, and then honest mascara. Like those are, I really just wear foundation mascara. Um, so th those are the products that I like to use. Uh, and yeah, that's, and they also had like, I got a couple lip colors from Araza and stuff. So there, I would say like, completely non-toxic, 100% natural. If you're like, I'm not into that and you want a little more, you know, just less toxic version, not as natural. Beauty counter is great. Um, but you, you know, you, I think you have to shop with a consultant. So that's just something to consider, but I'm sure there's many better people to follow for makeup advice than me, but I know people are going to ask. Um, the other big one that I love to have clients consider is menstrual products. And I, obviously, you know, we're not using these every day, but we are using them on a ideally monthly basis and, you know, at a very sensitive time. And a lot of times we're inserting them and absorbing things from them. So to me, menstrual products are right up there as well as something you would want to switch. Um, I love salt is S A A L T. I'm an, and I'm going to link all this stuff in the show notes as well. Um, it's a great brand. I They originally only had menstrual cups, but I love theirs because they have like a soft menstrual cup um, that didn't... Sometimes I would get pain with menstrual cups, but their soft one, I never get pain. So love that one. And they have a few different types. So you can find the best one for you, but I love, love, love their menstrual cups. And then their period panties are out of control. They're the most comfortable ones. I used to... Oh my gosh, I can't think of the other brand that I used to recommend all the time. And then I tried salt and I was like, just kidding. These are my favorite. 
I use them postpartum. Oh my gosh. They're, I just like couldn't believe how comfortable they were. So highly recommend. They also last a really long time. Like I've used mine a million times. And so they're really high quality as well. Cause you know, sometimes you get a pair and it doesn't last as long and you're investing a lot in it. So salt would be my recommendation for menstrual products. Um, and then cleaning products. There's a ton of brands out there. A lot of people like branch basics. I personally love this company called made organic. M-A-I-D, organic. Um, it's a, it's actually, they're from Connecticut. I, I used to work out with them, the family that started it uh, at a CrossFit gym there. Uh, they're just really good products. <laughs> I like, I remember I used to use them when I lived in Connecticut and I didn't even think I could get them online. And then when I was living in Texas, I was like, man, I really miss the made organic cleaning products. They just work so well. It's And they last a long time. I was like blowing through other products. Um, and my husband didn't love a lot of the other ones I was using because he's just like a very, very clean person. So, you know, a little anal about the cleaning. Um, and so I, but he did like the made organic products. So love them, highly recommend, totally worth it. Now they make big bottles, which I really like. Um, and you can like refill them and stuff. So madeorganic.com. I'll link them in the show notes. They're just like a small family company that hopefully they don't get too overwhelmed. I mean, hopefully they get a lot of orders because they deserve it. And it's a great product, but you know, we'll see. I don't have a code, but I should reach out to them for one. Okay. Water filters. This is the last big area that I think is worth honing in on for you. A lot of people are like, well, what's your favorite water filter? And I'm like, it depends on your circumstances. Are you are you renting? Do you own your home? How long are you going to live there? Uh, and like, what's your budget? Because again, I, I don't think we have to be like purists, even with water. Um, and, you know, like, it, and I think it just depends. Like if you're renting or if you move a lot, like we're a military family. I use a Berkey right now because it's portable and I don't want to spend like, you know, 800 to a couple thousand dollars on an under the counter unit that I'm want. You have to get a plumber to install it. It's like, unless you have like your like spouse knows how to do that. You're super handy, but usually you need a plumber to properly install it. Make sure you don't break the unit. Right. Um, and which is an investment in, in itself with the plus the cost of the unit. So, I don't know. I think some people get like really obsessed over water. And while I think it's important to have, you know, properly filtered water, I think that you can do what works for you in the current circumstance that you have. Like once we're going to be in our forever home, hopefully in a few years, I would get an under the counter. I would invest in that a really good under the counter unit. Um, I love pure effect filters for that. Another great company, smaller company, but I trust them. If you have any questions, like the owner's incredibly knowledgeable, like it's just great. Um, and they're really high quality water filters. So I love those. There's, I have a shower filter from them that I use. Berkey water filter, shower filter is great. Um, Aquasana has some great ones too, kind of depending on like your water source. Like that's the other thing. Like you want to look at your water report and see like, what do you even need filtered out of your water? Um, I have a video inside Master Your Minerals on like, why, you know, why we want to use water filters and then how to pick a good one based on your situation. Um, but yeah, that would be like a whole podcast episode on itself. But I would say don't, you know, some people are like, well, I have a Berkey, but I feel like it's not as good as like reverse osmosis. And like, I'm just, you got to do the best you can with what you have in the current situation that you're in. Um, so I'll, I will, I'll leave the water filters at that. And then finally the lifestyle. So different aspects of our lifestyle can also put not sometimes an increased burden on the liver, but 
sometimes it's just can affect how our liver functions well, like chronic stress, for example. When we're stuck in fight or flight, it leads to imbalances and dysfunction in different areas of the body that can have a negative downstream effect on the liver. So for example, we have more blood sugar imbalances. We have typically have an increase in insulin resistance. Both of those can negatively affect the liver. Inflammation from stress hormones, that can lead to inflammation dysfunction in the liver. Oxidative stress can damage liver cells. And then if we have issues like maybe our gut microbiota gets altered um, from, I mean, chronic stress can absolutely do that. Other physical stressors too can do that. Antibiotics, medication, things like that, gut pathogens, parasites, that kind of thing that can impact the function and health of our gut and eventually impact our liver, putting like a larger burden on it. So um, chronic stress and me- and all, you know, mental, emotional, physical stressors, all those things, they can, they don't like directly affect the liver, but because of the dysfunction they create in the body, that will eventually overburden the liver. The last big one I want to go through um, when it comes to our lifestyle is light exposure and circadian rhythm. If we are out of sync with our body's natural circadian rhythm, it can lead to issues with detoxification. Absolutely. Um, when we think of like circadian rhythm, and I, I'll link to a podcast episode that I have on this, but when it comes to circadian rhythm, it impacts so many different things. Our digestion, our blood sugar, our metabolism, those are the biggest ones during the day. You know, it it regulates stomach acid, digestive enzyme production. It can increase hormones and enzymes that help support digestion and absorption. It are even our gut bacteria it changes. So during the day we have more beneficial bacteria to support digestion than at nighttime. Blood sugar, if we have too little or too much blue light, that can impact insulin signaling, which can impact blood sugar balance. Um, and then we make more energy during the day. So our metabolism is stronger during the day. And then at nighttime, we will produce melatonin for restful and restorative sleep, hopefully. Uh, and then detoxification, a lot of this is done at night. It's particularly with restful sleep. So our liver detoxification is huge at nighttime, but we also detoxify the glymphatic system, which is our brain's natural detox process. And this is a big part of why one of the signs of poor detoxification is like having like cognitive issues, whether that's like poor memory, um, mental fatigue, like learning issues, stuff like that, that can all be impacted by not having our glymphatic system properly detoxing each night. Recovery is a big one. Our tissues are actively being repaired at night, whether that's recovery from exercise, illness, some sort of injury, something like that. And then gut health, again, our bacteria are going to adjust at nighttime just like they adjust during the day. And the bacteria that support detox increase more at night. So if we are someone that is staying up later and sleeping later and you're just not quite lined up, I don't think we need to be perfect when it comes to this. I really don't. But I do think it's important to try to get close to going to bed when a little around when it gets dark, um, close to within a couple hours and then waking close to within a couple hours when it's light and doing and, you know, primarily eating when it's light out. You know, all those things can naturally help your body's circadian rhythm, all those things. And that is very important for liver and detoxification at nighttime. And then finally, health history, like what parts of our health history could possibly lead to an increased burden on the liver. Um, And this is like physical kind of burden, right? So excess estrogen, uh, typically we're going to see this with people that have endometriosis, period pain, fibroids, polyps, things like that. Absolutely doesn't have to just be that population though. I also see people that have gut issues as well. Um, That can put an extra burden on the liver. 
PCOS increases our risk of iron overload, which can mean more iron is going to be stored in our liver. That can lead to dysfunction. Same with hemochromatosis. You're going to see that iron overload. Chronic stress, that can lead to deficiencies, and that can absolutely affect how our liver functions. Insulin resistance, so that can, you know, a lot of women with PCOS struggle with that, but insulin resistance in general can impact how the liver functions. Obviously, insulin resistance can lead to fatty liver, which can impact how the liver functions. Gallbladder removal puts like a bit of a stress in the liver. And it just changes how our bile is getting into our intestines, right? Instead of like our bile being made in liver and stored in the gallbladder and released during digestion, we're just kind of getting like a slow drip and it's a little bit more diluted. Um, So gallbladder removal can definitely, I think, put a larger burden on the liver. And then poor gut health, that can lead to inflammation, which can lead to pathogenic overgrowth. And all those things put a bigger burden. It makes more work for your liver. And that can, of course, lead to poor breakdown of an absorption of nutrients, which again can impact the deficiencies, making detox more difficult. And then finally, history of constipation. Again, we have to eliminate in order to get rid of toxins, estrogen, all those things. So if we're struggling with constipation, this is going to impact our liver's ability to detox our hormones. And then finally, I feel like now that we've gone through like, okay, what can hinder our detox? It's pretty obvious what can help it, right? So eating enough food, making sure that you're getting enough energy in. So definitely refer to episode one for that. Um, having enough carbohydrates and calories in order to keep our glycogen levels stable. That's the stored glucose in our liver. When we don't eat enough carbs, we create a lot more work for our liver and it already has like 500 plus functions that it's doing. So trying to eat within 30 to 60 minutes of waking and then eating eating regularly throughout the day. So avoid like going, you know, long stretches, like avoid skipping meals. Um, And you can try including a bedtime snack. If you're someone that thinks you might have issues with glycogen, often if you're waking up a lot at night, that can be a sign that you don't have enough uh, stored glucose in your liver. Also, when we are eating regularly and not having all that stress hormone, it helps with our thyroid. So that's a big one. Fueling our liver, trying to get you know, food sources of B vitamins, vitamin C, amino acids, vitamin E, vitamin A, taurines are really important amino acid, and then magnesium. Uh, And I will put a list of all the foods that are rich in these in the show notes. Um, And of course, for the Patreon people, you're going to get the document anyway. And then finally, lifestyle and environment. If we can you know, eat enough food, optimize primarily whole foods, a mix of animal and plants, all the stuff that I talk about from episode one, that's huge for our liver. It removes a large burden that most people have. A lot of people are not eating enough consistently. They don't have a consistent routine around food. Maybe they're not getting enough protein. All these things add stress and they impact your blood sugar, your stress hormones, and of course, liver detoxification. So that's huge. If we're talking about, okay, what are some like lifestyle environment things we can do? We talked about reducing toxic exposure, right? That's going to help reduce the burden on the liver. So remember, even making one swap a month, then that is huge. That means you're going to swap out 12 things in a year, which will greatly reduce the burden on your liver. So avoid going to extremes with the non-toxic stuff, but I do think it is worth it to start by reducing plastic, switching your maybe menstrual cup or period panties, uh, and then looking at the things you're using on a regular basis. Maybe it's cleaning products, maybe it's makeup if you wear makeup, maybe it's skincare, whatever that might be, um, deodorant, those types of things that can be really helpful for reducing that overall burden. 
And sleep. I know sleep is a tough one for a lot of people. I have a toddler. She still nurses at night. Um, but I think that if we can aim for consistent bedtimes and wake-ups, and I don't think it have to be exactly the same, um, but within like an hour, that really helps with melatonin production, having routines for yourself and the people around you. Um, if you have anyone else that's in your home and it just takes like the guesswork out of it. Our bodies love routines. Our hormones and adrenals love routines. So if we can consistently go to bed around the same time, wake up around the same time within reason, you know, within an hour or so, I think that can really set us up to have more restorative sleep. And that sleep is restorative to every organ in the body. So, you know, trying to go to bed around when it's dark, waking close to when it's light, this is going to vary on the person, your schedule, but know that that's going to support your circadian rhythm, which is supportive of your adrenals, your stress response. But it's also great for detox, gut health, brain function, hormones, so many things. So trying to get, you know, eight hours of sleep-ish a night and being realistic and just trying to get quality sleep. Because I think sometimes we aim for, you know, I want to get eight to nine hours or seven to eight hours, but then your sleep isn't really high quality. It's not restful. You don't wake feeling rested. Um, then you would want to look at, you don't just want to look at the amount. You want to look at like how you're sleeping, what kind of routines and stuff do you have around that. Get moving is another big one. Um, when we are getting regular movement and exercise, it's doing a few things. It supports our blood flow, which is really important for liver detoxification. We need that blood flow to the liver. And then our lymphatic system, we have to keep our lymph flowing. Our lymphatic system doesn't have a pump, so it requires us to get moving. And movement is often also a really big stress reliever, And it, whether that be like some sort of exercise or going for a walk, right? That is going to be a big stress reliever for a lot of people. So I think it can have way more than just one benefit. Um, and it supports your blood sugar levels. So all those things in turn support your liver. So movement exercise are huge. I do also have a, a episode from, I think it's season two on the lymphatic system that I'll make sure to link in the show notes as well, if you want to learn more about that. But I mean, at Lymph Love Club on Instagram is my favorite, Leah. She's who I did the episode with. She shares an insane amount of free information, videos, how to do lymphatic massage. She busts a lot of lymphatic myths on her Instagram. She's an amazing follow if you want to learn more about that. But I think even just keeping it simple and just getting moving, I think sometimes we overcomplicate these things. Um, now, I mean, I personally love lymphatic massage. I do it on my face every morning and night when I put on my skincare products um, because now it's easy. It's part of my routine, but I don't necessarily think that's going to make or break someone's health journey. But I think being more intentional about getting movement throughout the day because you know your body needs it will help someone feel significantly better. Getting in the sun and sweating. Light exposure is really important. We talked about that in episode two. We talked about cortisol. Um, sweating, obviously, we can get rid of toxins that way. But I think, again, there's so many other, there's nervous system benefits, there's stress relief benefits, there's so many things we can get from that 
as well. And then finally, this is more of like I would call a bonus. You know, uh, it's castor oil packs. You've probably heard me talk about these before. I have a ton of posts on them. Um, they can be really helpful. I would definitely call this a bonus because if you do castor oil packs, but you're not eating enough, you're super stressed, all these other things, they may not be incredibly beneficial to you. You know, things like castor oil packs and supplements, they are so much more beneficial for us once we have all those foundational things in place. That's when they can be life-changing, right? That's when they can really, we can really see a significant difference. But if you, you know, if you haven't switched over many products and you're just kind of stepping your toe into getting out of maybe a more restrictive mindset around food, I wouldn't feel like you have to do castor oil packs to support liver detox. I would work on those other things first. But incorporating them, you know, two, three times a week, that it can be great. It can help reduce liver inflammation. Maybe you have a history of iron overload or PCOS. Um, maybe you have a history of excess estrogen, a constipation. They can be really great for constipation, um, period pain, things like that. They can be really beneficial for gut health um, if you have a history of gut issues. So that those are something that I think can be great for most people, I would say. Um, you just want to start slow. I would I wouldn't use it for more than like 10 or 15 minutes if you have like a lot of the list of symptoms of possible symptoms of poor detox because they they can be detoxifying. And sometimes our bodies aren't ready for that, which is why I always say like start with the nutrition and lifestyle piece and then you can add in layers. Uh, I would say like a more advanced layer on top, like a castor oil pack, but they can, they're easy. You can do them at home. And sometimes it's really nice to do something that doesn't have to do with food or supplements, right? It's just more of like relaxing self-care. They can also lower cortisol levels. So lots of benefits. I'll link to, I love the queen of the thrones. She has a castor oil pack kit. Um, and it's just nice because it has everything in it. It ties around your waist, super simple. And she has very high quality castor oil. So I will link to that in the show notes. Um, and you can use code Amanda for a discount. This is an affiliate code. So I do make a small commission off of this. It's not any cost to you, but just so you know, you know, it is an affiliate code. Um, but that's really it. A lot of a lot of what supports our liver is this, it's the same things that we would want to do anyway to support our overall health. I think what can get confusing in this whole liver detox space is that we're kind of recommended to take supplements to do detox protocols, but it's like, you, you may not even be a good candidate for that because you don't have a lot of the foundations in place anyway. So I hope this is helpful. I hope this hope eases your mind a little bit, makes the whole liver detox a little less intimidating and just shows you how powerful our nutrition and lifestyle choices and creating a healthy environment for our healing can be. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Are You Menstrual podcast. If you want to support my work, please leave a review and let me know how you like the episode. This lets me know like what you guys want more of, less of. I read every single one and I appreciate them more than you know. If you want to keep learning, you can get access to the bonus episode and additional resources on patreon.com forward slash hormone healing RD. I'd love to have you in there. Thanks again. And I will see you in the next episode.